Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome into another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me again, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. We have a little bit of a different twist on what we usually do this time of year. We're going to do uh, an episode. I guess it is a lot like an episode we do regularly, guys. Uh, in the past, we've called it studs and duds, or overvalued and undervalued, or or sleeper and bust. This year, we're going to call it breakout and fakeout. And, and the reason I chose that as the guideline is because you can really determine what you want a breakout to be. Perhaps it's a guy ranked in the high 100s in the 180s that you think is going to be a bi-week fill-in and that could be a breakout to you uh, a fake out is probably a guy that's been in the news or is getting a lot of hype but you don't think is going to live up to that hype before we get to the breakout and fake out episode though fellas let's get to some housekeeping uh, a few weeks ago we talked about the 2019 dlf podcast listener league and we need three new members, so we asked our listeners to retweet a tweet of ours and follow the three of us, and we were going to pick three randomly out of that. Congratulations to Randy, Dale, and Brian. You are the three new entrants in the 2019 DLF Podcast Listener League. We'll be tweeting you with details soon. I want, I do want to mention that the what i did is we got hundreds of of retweets on that tweet guys and the first guy that and then i i just randomly chose out of that or or did a did an online randomizer and the first guy on the list he wasn't following me or matt so he got kicked out matt what the heck man that's a that's a wasted opportunity dan i don't i don't know what yeah it should be on him but I kind of feel like it's my responsibility, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but he was following Ryan. No. So maybe my content just isn't good enough. That he, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe he followed me right away, and then a week later was like, well, this guy's worthless, so I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even worth being in the league with that guy. <laughs> maybe. So when when these kind of... Maybe, maybe he and Ryan could go have their own little two-man, like, heads-up league. Yeah, okay. Maybe we will. <laughs> you you all need to step up your Twitter game. I guess so. I'm, I'm I'll work on that, Ryan. I, I'll get some classes from you over the summer right. to, on how to do so. So uh, with that, Randy Dale and Brian will be in the league, and we do have another giveaway to talk about before we get to the content of this week's ep- episode. Everybody's heard about the Scott Fishbowl. We have a spot to give away on this episode or on this podcast and all it takes you rate and review our podcast and then send a screenshot of that to at DLF podcast on Twitter and you will be entered. We're going to give that spot away very, very soon. So do it immediately uh, as soon as you can. So let, let's get to the, the, the brunt of the, of the podcast here, Ryan, we're going to start, at the quarterback position. We're talking breakouts and fakeouts. We're really we're going through news that has happened up to this point in the offseason, Ryan. 
and covering it. And we're going to try to figure out if it's good news or bad news. Is this guy going to break out or are we all getting faked out? We're going to start with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. He signed his new contract, of course. And all the reports out of Philadelphia indicate he's healthy and ready to return to MVP form. Quarterback seven in the latest ADP. Is he a breakout, meaning his ADP will rise back to where it maybe was when he was playing an MVP level over the next 12 months? Or is it a fake out, meaning you're concerned about the performance and his injury history going forward? Well, I think uh, I'm looking forward to this episode, Dan. I, I think your qualifications of breakout or fake out, that's going to be the most important part or the most challenging part of, of the conversation today. But looking at Wentz's ADP, I looked back over the past couple of years at his ADP from since this past December up until our current ADP. He's been either the quarterback seven or eight. So basically his value has held steady since the regular season ended. But for a full year before that, November 2017 to November 2018, he was a top four quarterback according to ADP in each of those months for that entire year. Looking at the guys currently ahead of him, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. So if the if the question is, is he going to gain value from his quarterback seven standing, I think he probably is. Uh, the, the Eagles have done uh, a lot to upgrade their offense. Wentz has really never had a deep threat in, in that offense. They've made a big deal about uh, trying to acquire one. Um, Mike Wallace didn't work out. A couple other guys didn't work out. I know some of the young players they had that they thought could be those uh, deep speed threats suffered injuries and, and just never never panned out. So now they've got Deshaun Jackson back. They've got their red zone weapon and the rookie J.J. Ar- Arthega-Whiteside. Did we see this today that he he gave some clarification on his on the pronunciation of his name? Did you guys see this? No. Can you say it again? I think it's Arthago Whiteside. It it does not roll off the okay. tongue. I saw it. It does and, not. And the worst part of it is you have to call somebody what they say to call them, right? It's up well, to sure. them that's, what their name is. And, and it name. doesn't seem right. I'm just going to keep calling him J-Jaw. That's, that's easier. That rookie. That rookie <laughs> is going to be a, a red zone weapon, certainly. We, we all kind of knew that already based on his college profile and, and those are the reports that we've already heard and then of course they they massively upgraded their running game with uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard uh, as as the new duo there so based on the the history of Wentz's value and that uh, dynasty owners have already at, at some point for actually for an extended period of time valued him as the top four quarterback it's pretty easy to, to see a story where Aaron Rodgers continues to fall down that uh, down that ranking list, and uh, Wentz and Rodgers possibly switch uh, switch positions. So, I'm going to say Carson Wentz is a breakout according to Dan's criteria. Well, you know, I really the criteria is open ended. It's it's really how you decipher it or how you feel about it. To me, with Wentz, going back to what you said, is his ADP going to rise, or can you can you get him at a discount right now? The problem is nobody's selling him at quarterback seven prices. It, it, everybody still, anybody that owns him at least, still sees him as that guy that was consistently a top four or five quarterback in ADP, and he's just down a little bit right now because of the injuries and and because those injuries have maybe piled up just a little bit. So you know, I see him as a breakout. I think he returns to that MVP form. And, and you mentioned Rodgers. There's a big age gap between the two. Russell Wilson is in that conversation. Um, Deshaun Watson is also there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Wentz has a bigger season than Watson and is suddenly the, the quarterback four or five over, over Watson at the quarterback five or six. So I think he's going to rise as well. What are your thoughts, Matt? I'm kind of sitting in the middle. I'm kind of sitting in the middle on this one a little bit because I just feel like QB seven is pretty is pretty good. I mean, okay, okay Rogers falls out. Is Kyler Murray going to jump up? Is Garrett? Is Jared Goff going to jump up? 
Uh, Jameis Winston could have a great season in Tampa Bay. I just think there's an equal number on both sides that could really, you know, jump either direction from that seven range. So, like, especially in a one quarterback league, these guys are all like the same tier to me. So I don't really see like a big bump in value if we want to say he could jump up a spot or two and maybe get back to number five in uh, in ADP. But this time next year, okay, I guess so. But I just I just don't see that as like a breakout for me in terms of how I would consider calling it a breakout because I'm definitely I definitely don't think he's going to jump Mahomes, Mayfield, Luck. You said Watson, maybe, but I don't. I don't think I buy that. And then, uh, you know, I think one of Wilson or Rogers will still be there. Then he's he, then Wentz can get there to the number five spot. But again, if Murray's going to do what we think he's going to do, then he could jump ahead of him. So I just think it's 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 I'm, maybe I'm waffling a little bit, but I just think it's probably equally likely that he goes you know up or down or even just stays in the same place. So um, I, I looked at a few things. He has a middle of road strength to schedule, 14th toughest against the pass uh, this year. Um, the, the the early part of the season looks really good, but the middle part looks really Really difficult. Um, 2017 obviously was his big year, quarterback two in points per game. As a rookie, he was quarterback 29 in points per game, 2018 quarterback 18. So he definitely has that top, you know, top three upside. But I think if we can get him back in the top 10, then uh, then he's looking pretty good, at least for staying where, where he's at um, and maybe jumping up a spot or two. But I just don't really think a spot or two is that much of a breakout. I don't think he's going to be back to quarterback one or two uh, or, or even three. So uh, I'll, I'll sit in the middle and say it, it's fine. He's not a fake out or a breakout. He's, he's just fine. Yeah, I think <laughs> I actually think that's a really good point. If you I talked about that one year span of when Wentz was a top four quarterback, according to ADP. And you look at the players that are currently ahead of him. Uh, Mahomes wasn't really there yet as far as uh, for most of that time period. He wasn't even uh, wasn't even playing yet. Uh, Andrew Luck had the injury that, that had us all very scared. Baker Mayfield, obviously he was just a rookie last year. Uh, so I don't want to say Wentz was a quarterback one or, or a top four quarterback by default, but when he started – that season uh, playing really well, we were all very, very quick to shoot him up our ranks because there just there weren't that many great options. And, and you look at the list now, Mahomes has certainly and obviously broken out in the past year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, in a way, has as well, and, and most of us expect that to continue. And then, you, like you said, uh, Kyler Murray's kind of waiting in the wings. He's, um, I think he is the quarterback uh, eight or nine this month in our ADP. So the the big question here maybe not may not be the breakout half of the questions. It, it might be the fake out because there's a clear path to another fake out from Carson Wentz. You know the last he's he's already finished two seasons on the injured list where where he wasn't available to play. Um, now we have news that of this contract and, and all the hype surrounded around that. Um, the owner, the GM, the front office, the head coach are all talking about Carson Wentz, that he's healthy, ready to go, ready to return to MVP form. But if we have another injury for Carson Wentz, it's another fake out and another reason for dynasty owners to get concerned about his long-term value and maybe the longevity of Carson Wentz being one of those quarterbacks that we can depend on particularly in super flex and two quarterback leagues so so maybe he's he's not quite as much a question about the fake uh, of the breakout but maybe a little bit of concern about that fake out as, as it pertains to the news that surrounds Carson Wentz this offseason let's move on to another quarterback with some questions surrounding an injury with this quarterback, it's an injured shoulder. Cam Newton down in Carolina. Many believe that Cam was a bust in 2018, and now the shoulder injury has continued to cloud things up as we we kind of got into the off season and we get closer to training camp. Recent indications are that Newton is ready to throw, which has given a lot of us as dynasty owners a lot of optimism. Matt, is 2019 going to be another breakout for Cam Newton where we forget about these injuries or perhaps another fake out? I'm, I think I'm forgetting about them, at least in terms of his short-term production, because 
I don't know. I just think the shoulder is going to be fine. We we went through this with Luck. He sat out a long time. In fact, uh, Cam Newton was out around the same time as Luck was, and we were all excited because Cam was coming back and Luck wasn't, and we were worried about Luck because he wasn't coming back, but we were excited about Cam because he was coming back. So maybe Luck is the one that did it the right way and let it set and rest. So hopefully this time it's for Newton. But even still, last year with that bum shoulder, finished as quarterback eight in points per game in 14 games. So, I mean, is that a bust? I don't. I guess if you considered him to be, he should be a top five quarterback, I guess a little bit uh 2017 quarterback five 2016 quarterback 14 but only about a point off of a top 10 finish again and then 2015 the big season with quarterback one 2016 quarterback nine so he's been a top 10 quarterback basically the last half decade so uh you know maybe the age holds him back from rising in adp or value but in terms of straight production i think that cam is looking at a bounce back uh and even if that shoulder still is bugging him a little bit we have all these players that are playing around the line of scrimmage for him with dj moore and curtis samuel and of course uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Chris Hogan is now going to be a precession receiver there. So I'm not as worried about the shoulder. He also has uh, the fourth easiest strengths of schedule according to 444.com. So I'm pretty excited about Cam uh, this year. And like in best ball drafts, I've been taking them all over the place because you can get them as that that back-end quarterback one, sometimes as late as like quarterback 12 or 13. So uh, I'm pretty excited about him for 2019. I totally agree with with everything Matt said. uh, And Matt, you mentioned the past half decade. It's it's actually even better than that. We're we're looking at eight straight years. He's got two years as quarterback seventeen. Outside of that, the rest of those are in the top thirteen, with with most of those being top five finishes. And I, again, I looked at his ADP, the history of his ADP since we've been collecting that data in January of twenty thirteen. He has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback, top 10 dynasty quarterback, according to our ADP, every single month until now. Our June ADP data has him as quarterback 12. It's the first time he's outside of that top 10 quarterback range. So I I certainly think he's a value with his history of production and his his history of value. I don't know that breakout's the right term for him, but uh, he's – I think he's being undervalued now, and I, again, I agree with Matt that I'm not not too concerned about him. Yeah, I, I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I'm not as concerned either, especially considering the price, and you're talking about him being number 12 in ADP. That seems ridiculous. It's hard to come up with 11 names better than Cam Newton, uh, no matter where you fall on, on liking or disliking uh, Cam and, and, and his output, uh, man, he's he's been so productive in the past. It seems like he's a lot closer to reproducing those numbers that he has over the last few years than going down any farther than he already has. Let's make the transition to the running back position, guys. Damian Harris, we're going to start there. Uh, currently the 103rd player in... Uh, in ADP overall reports say he's pushing Sony Michelle for early down work. Sony Michelle is 39th in ADP. So Damian Harris, what do we think? Ryan breakout. He takes a big chunk of that workload in new England and is the next big Patriots running back to, to be a big playmaker for dynasty owners, or is it a fake out just another new England running back that we should avoid? I think it's absolutely a breakout. I'm kind of on record on that one uh, with, with Damian Harris already. And these these recent, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't say recent lingering, I guess, uh, concerns about Sony Michelle's knee only add to to my confidence there. Uh, and, and then, as you mentioned, the ADP, the, the difference of 39 versus just outside the top 100, uh, that makes it an even easier decision for me. I'd, I'd rather have Harris even up uh, over Sony Michelle, regardless of ADP. And uh, I've, I've got Harris ranked higher. So then when you factor in that, that ADP difference, that value gap, it's, it's an easy call. I just, I want to, I want to believe like Ryan does, and I really like the player. I, I too like him better than Sony Michelle. I just feel like at some point in the season, whether it's at the beginning or whatever, that Sony Michelle is going to be healthy enough to kind of split those early down role with him. So I still kind of feel like the only running back I think can start 
on a weekly basis there is, is still uh, James White just because of that PPR floor. So if he's going to catch, you know, 70% of the passes out of that backfield and these other two are going to eat into each other's workload, uh, I just I don't know. I don't want to say I want to avoid him. I still want to get him in rookie drafts because I think he is going to be a long-term solution more so than Sony Michelle will. But uh, I don't know. I have a hard I have a hard time with it. I will say that the Patriots have the third easiest strength of schedule according to four for four. So that's a, a big win for for them. And if he can take that role, then uh, you know I think he will be certainly worth what he's going for right now and definitely more valuable than. That Sony. sounded like a fake out to me. It's, Pat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's a fake out. But I, I feel like I'm sitting in the middle on a lot of these. It's about time the Patriots catch a break. Third oh, easiest yeah. schedule. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> I mean, they still play in the in, in that division, the AFC East. So it, it's you know, there's not much they can the NFL can do about that. Let's move on to an NFC running back. That's Adrian Peterson. NFC East running back. That's Adrian Peterson with the Redskins. Darius Geis. All these surgeries and all this news coming out of Washington D.C. of really negativity. Matt, where do you fall on Adrian Peterson, the primary backup? As it appears right now a breakout another thousand yard season for ap or is it a fake out he's over the hill i I think it could be close you know if guys really isn't going to be healthy then i think it's going to be close Uh, i just worry about the offense in general and and i know ap in the past has carried bad teams on his back and had plenty of fantastic seasons i just don't know if he's still that guy anymore so I'm going to say fake out if my qualifications are going to be 1,000 yards. Uh, I, 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 but I would not uh, argue with someone that says 700, 800 yards pretty easily. And, you know, guys could easily get the same, too, if he's, if he's in the same uh, ballpark. But I, think, I do think if the guy is, is completely healthy that he's going to run away with that job. So I think there's enough evidence to point that it's, it's going to be another fake out. And price has to be a factor here. Adrian Peterson is nearly That's free. True. Um, you know, a lot of us are in the kitchen sink auctions and free agent auctions all over, and we're seeing Adrian Peterson get nominated, and there is a little bit of interest, Ryan. I'm sure you've seen the same. In fact, I've I've seen you bid on Adrian Peterson. Um, if you have a little bit in that budget, in that free agent budget in this offseason, you're obviously buying in, but at what level? Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I do think he, he's undervalued. He's worth taking a shot on uh again we're talking about free agent auctions and things in in our specific leagues but at the same time i i agree with matt that he's going to be a fake out if based on that thousand yard uh criteria you look at last year he had 1042 rushing yards basically had no competition uh, for the job uh, due to injuries uh, for most of the season or i guess around half of the season at least they had uh, solid quarterback play before that Alex Smith injury. And and then you look this year, lots of questions about the quarterback, about the offense in general. Um, and, and obviously if Geis is even, if Geis is on the field at all, he's going to provide uh, Peterson with a lot more competition than what he had last year. So I can't imagine him getting back to that thousand yard uh, plateau. But at the same time, I think uh, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, take a shot and, and see what happens with the guys. So I, I don't think any of us expect some kind of breakout. You know, Peterson was talking this week about a 2000 yard season and all that kind of stuff that I think that's all in the rear view mirror. But, but I think the way things sound, we all see the potential for solid, maybe, maybe not solid, but even useful, useful fill in numbers for running back three or four, uh, in 2019, which is more than we could have guessed a few years ago when Adrian Peterson left Minnesota. Let's move on to a running back on the other side of the spectrum, a very young one, Daryl Henderson. Uh, this guy has been on the on the lips of many dynasty owners recently. We've all been talking about Daryl Henderson and, and at the same time Todd Gurley in Los Angeles. Re- reports have said that Gurley... His days as a bell cow are probably over. So, Matt, is Daryl Henderson a breakout? Because if Gurley isn't, then Henderson is. Or is he a fake out? It's still Todd Gurley. I think it's definitely a breakout, no matter if Todd Gurley is quote-unquote healthy or not. I think they drafted him to use him. I don't think they drafted him just to be a backup and a handcuff to Gurley. 
you know, uh, the offensive line is a little bit worse. We, they lost Roger Saffold and some other interior guys, so that's a little bit of a concern. Um, there has been some talk of, you know, if he's able to do with these giant holes that, that was open up for him in college, then he should be able to do that in the NFL too. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know about that, especially the state of the offensive line. And they have the fourth toughest uh, – Sorry, the fifth toughest strength of schedule against the run, again, according to 4 for 4. So I'm excited about him. I think he'll be good with Gurley because they're going to be able to use him in space. They're going to be able to use him as a receiver, and it's going to add another dimension to that game. They've, mis- they've mis- mentioned that they want to use him kind of like Alvin Kamara, which makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, maybe the touchdown upside is a little bit limited if Gurley is you know close to 100%, but uh, I think he's going to have a, a breakout or a cash kind of season. I'm torn on this one for sure, um, and, and it, it's really just because we just don't know what the deal is with Gurley, and and we probably won't know um, maybe even until the, the regular season begins the way they play or, or the way they don't play, I guess, their, their starters in the preseason. I know I want Henderson on my dynasty team. Maybe it's not for 2019, but I, I want him regardless. We've seen his rookie ADP jump significantly as well. Uh, according to DLF, the MFL rookie ADP for Daryl Henderson in May was 13 overall. Of course, that was rising uh, late in the month. In June, uh, rookie drafts, and, and again, these are actual drafts that have taken place on my fantasy league in June, he's eighth overall. I've seen him drafted 101. I don't know if you guys uh, saw any of that conversation, but he was drafted first overall in one rookie draft and, and routinely been drafted in that four, five, six range uh, after those early drafts saw him outside of the uh, outside of the first round. So this is really just kind of a product of, I guess, social media and Twitter and and players fantasy players and fantasy analysts want to outdo each other who can rank him who can rank a player the highest who can who can draft the player uh, earlier i guess and and kind of get that buzz going i wish i had a sound effect button to, to like that went ding 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 <laughs> ding ding that's the thing it's it's out of control ryan it, it's gone too far i i see i see the path i see what everybody likes about him the offense the the you know the coaching staff uh all the hype surrounded around him but but at some point it's too far and it seems like we've hit that plateau for me we might have and and every every dynasty player has to decide on on that value for themselves but the other thing that happens is is kind of the blowback from that you know average fantasy player or or maybe even an, another fantasy analyst sees all this hype gets frustrated about it and now decides this is crazy. I hate Daryl Henderson. He's overvalued. And there's got to be a middle ground here, right? Like just because he's being overhyped doesn't mean he's going to fail. It doesn't mean you have to sell him if he's on your fantasy team. There's, there is a middle ground here. And um, if, if you're level-headed and reasonable about this, then Henderson should still be a guy you want on your team. Should you take him 101? No, I don't, I don't think you should. I don't think you should trade multiple first-rounders for him or anything like that. But he, he is a guy who um, it's fair to expect him to produce. The draft capital they spent on him, the offense he's in, and, and obviously the situation with Gurley all aligns to, to give him a real opportunity very soon. It is still top Todd Gurley. It's still Todd Gurley in that backfield that he's competing with for for snaps and for carries and touches and all those things. Matt, you mentioned the Elvin Kamara thing. I think there's a role. There's obviously room for somebody to cut into Todd Gurley's workload. That was a massive workload, and I think the Rams learned their lesson in 2018 when they overworked him throughout the entire season and realized at the end of the year that they had, had overworked that workhorse and needed to turn to a guy like C.J. Anderson and wanted a, a better alternative if it happens again. Now, I don't think Gurley's going to suddenly cut his share in that offense in half. That That's unreasonable. Like you said, Ryan, Daryl Henderson's a guy I want on my team. If I can get him on my team at a reasonable cost, or, or even a slightly more than reasonable cost, I want him on my team. But if we're talking about taking him in the top three picks of a rookie draft, it's almost it's borderline ridiculous whoever did that took him at 101 in a draft 
is nuts, in my opinion. That is that is ludicrous. I, I, I can't imagine doing it. So whether you love Daryl Henderson or, or hate Daryl Henderson, like you said, Ryan, you, you have to find that middle ground. I feel like I've been in that middle ground. I have him on a couple of teams where I was picking late in the first round, and one, one of which I traded down into the early part of the second round and still got him. Was very happy getting him there. I still believe he belongs in the late second round, in, or, or excuse me, in the late first round, or or very early in the second round of rookie drafts. So the hype is, is out of control. The hype train is, is out of control for me. I guess if somebody's going to pay multiple first rounds for Daryl Henderson on one of those teams that I drafted him earlier this offseason, I, I should be reaching out to those guys. Let's move on to another... Uh, running back that has has got the ire of some dynasty owners out there. It's Damian Williams with the Kansas City Chiefs. Currently has an ADP of 43 overall. He is the starting running back for the Chiefs, though, Ryan. What are your thoughts on Williams? Is he a breakout? Extremely useful running back for dynasty players in 2019? Or is it a fake out? You can't trust anybody in that backfield right now. This is this is one that puzzles me because we see people on Twitter talk about it. We see uh, lots of articles, content about it. We hear about it on podcasts. To me, it's it's pretty cut and dry. I don't think they have any other significant option, uh, and, and that's including Carlos Hyde. And I think they're they're the best offense in the league. So yes, I want I want Damian Williams. I think for one year, he can certainly be an RB one. That's what he was. For the last six games of, of last year, he scored 148 total fantasy points in the last four regular season games, plus two playoff games. Carlos Hyde scored only 100 fantasy points the entire season last year uh, for a couple different teams. So I, I don't think it's all that much of a competition. If we're fast-forwarding a year and we're looking at that, uh, what's projected as a deep 2020 draft class and they're bringing in a, a rookie running back, then, uh, of course, my tune is going to change and, and the value of Damian Williams is going to change. But, uh, again, according to this criteria where he's a very useful fantasy player, absolutely, I think he's even more than that. I think he's an RB1 in 2019. Ryan, I think the line with Damian Williams has way less to do with what you think of him or that offense or anything else that you just talked about and way more to do with where your your roster stands right now are you a contender are you a pretender or are you rebuilding and and unless you're truly that contender that needs that guy maybe he's your he's your RB3 and he he's going to plug into your flex and you're you're going to get RB1 numbers out of that guy then you need him on your roster but otherwise isn't he a sell for everybody at at 43 overall sure sure and again i think it's uh, it, again, is is very simple. If, like you said, if you're a contender, keep him, ride him out. I hope you win the championship. If you're not, absolutely a sell. Forty three is his ADP. I don't think you're getting that. I think you're probably going to be lucky to get a back end first, or, or maybe a maybe a twenty twenty first, and hope that that's uh, a high pick. But I, I guess I just don't understand all the debate about Damian Williams. To me, it's it's very cut and dry. The, the only thing we really should be talking about is where to draft him in a startup draft because that's, that's the clean slate of where do you invest in this guy who most people think is only going to be really a one-year contributor. I wouldn't take him at 43 overall. And that's where the, that's where the problem lies, really, with me because we're seeing him ahead of really, really high upside rookies, Matt. And, and that's what makes me just shake my head constantly where we're because, because you don't know how your roster really stacks up when you get to pick to 43 and you're on the clock and you suddenly choose Damian Williams. It's ludicrous to suddenly take him over some of the other options that are routinely on the board 
when he's selected. Yeah, that's that's my biggest problem with him is is the price now. I mean, if you have him on your roster, you bought him cheap for you know a second round pick a few months ago or or even last year before he got the starter job, then great, roll with it. Uh, if you're a contender, if you're not a contender, I'm probably going to sell him because of what you can get for him right now. I think you can easily pull a late first, if not more. Um, and maybe I can get Daryl Henderson there, so uh, who I would much rather have. And like you said, he's going ahead of Miles Sanders. He's going ahead of Mar- Marlon Mack. He's going ahead of Calvin Ridley. I just I can't I can't pay that price right now. So uh, I do think he will be plenty useful in in 2019. I'm just not willing to hitch my wagon, so to speak, to a guy who's never had more than 50 carries in a season. Kansas City, I know they're the best offense in the league, but they also have the toughest strength of schedule against the run. In fact, they don't have any plus matchups the entire season until about week 11 when they uh, play the Chargers. So uh, they, they, they start at Jacksonville. At, at Jacksonville, they play Baltimore, Detroit, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver. These are just a murderer's row of, of run defenses, and I know he catches a lot of passes, so he might be able to supplement his value that way. Um, but I just – I don't know. And I also like the guys behind him. I think Carlos Hyde got a raw deal last year. He he kind of didn't really get uh, his credit to, for him in, uh, in um, uh, Cleveland. Then obviously the, the weird trade to Jacksonville didn't do any, him any favors. Uh, Cle- uh, Kansas City was actually very excited to acquire him. So And then I, we, we, we all really like Darwin Thompson and uh, James White behind him. So I just think there's enough there that there's no way I'm going to take him in that, that fourth round of a startup. There's just, I, there's just no way I could do it. So. Um, uh, I, I guess it's a breakout for year one, but I don't have any confidence behind uh, after that post 2019. Yeah, really, it sounds like we're all in agreement that that we're looking at 2019 and nothing beyond that. And if you're a contender, by all means, keep Damian Williams or look for Damian Williams to be on your roster. Outside of that, however, uh, it's t- it's time to sell Damian Williams, considering that ADP. Let's move to the wide receiver position, guys. Matt, I want to get your thoughts on Nikhil Harry. Recent reports have said that he is already playing with the starters in New England. That hasn't always been the case, but it is for Harry, the first-round wide receiver. Is he a breakout? You trust him to make that fantasy impact, or is it a fake-out, just another drafted New England wide receiver that's going to have a slow start? I'm going to say breakout uh, with the caveat that he is used heavily in the red zone. I think that's going to be his best path to fantasy success in his, in his rookie year because he's definitely got that uh, that advantage over the rest of the receivers and even the tight ends, arguably, in that offense. So uh, I think he could easily approach double-digit touchdowns. I'm not sure the volume will be there. You know, Julian Edelman is still going to get all the volume, I think. There's some some buzz about Braxton Berrios, a sleeper that everybody liked last year, maybe filling in, in the slot now. With uh, So between those two players, I just, I'm not sure if the volume is going to be there for Harry. Uh, but the touchdown numbers, I think, certainly could be. Maybe not to the efficiency level that, say, Mike Williams had last year when it was like 10 touchdowns on 70 targets or something like that. Maybe he has a little bit more than that. Uh, but but I think the touchdowns is his, his key uh, path to being a breakout in his rookie season. Yeah, I, I agree with that again, and, and I would call Harry a breakout as well. You just look at that, uh, you look at that offense and you see 30% of the – targets from last year available and and depending on Josh Gordon uh, Josh Gordon's status it, that number could actually be quite a bit higher so uh, I think maybe we're really just falling into the trap here the the New England wide receiver trap but it feels like he almost has to be a, a, a breakout when you see Gronk is gone and Hogan is gone and Gordon might be gone so I, it seems like we all are in agreement in agreement with Harry. I certainly think he's a breakout as well. I don't know. I said in the lead up that, that we trust him to make a fantasy impact. I don't, I don't know if trust is maybe the right word with him, but we certainly see the upside of that impact. And and a lot of what Matt was saying there about, about making his hay in the red zone and around the goal line. uh, There's certainly the upside of of him making an impact for dynasty owners in 2019. Let's go on to Tyreek Hill Uh, has an ADP of 66 this month. It was 67 last month. So it seems like things are steadying just a little bit. Ryan, uh, maybe this isn't a conversation about breakout versus fake out. Uh, recent reports have suggested that there's every reason to believe Hill will be back with the Chiefs before the starting of training camp, but most likely we'll see some sto- sort of suspension as the season gets closer and closer. Is this a breakout 
meaning he'll return in 2019 and continue to put up those big numbers that we're used to? Or is it a fake out, meaning we're all getting sucked back in and he'll return and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll return to the value that we saw just a month ago or, or, or something like that, where we were very, very worried about Hill and his future. Before all this news came out, he was uh, he was pushing that round one status uh, in in startup drafts. So I think I, I can't imagine him getting back to that value. Uh, I do I do expect him to move up. I think he's been uh, he's been in that six, 66, 67 range for the past couple of months. So there's there's some room for him to uh, to gain some value from that. It, it seems like a couple of positive reports uh, lately regarding regarding his status. I do still expect a suspension, even though there it looks like there won't be, um, I, I guess, an arrest or, or anything like like that at this point. Um, this to me, this is this is a selling window. Uh, I think there's so many. And again, it's it's kind of a a personal choice when it comes to how you want to play dynasty. Like, do you just do you even want this guy on your roster? And um, I've been a big fan of his uh, on the field, and and a, a lot of people have. It's it's hard not to be when you saw the way he played and how explosive he was um, for for the Chiefs. But obviously. Nobody, nobody is a fan of him off the field. At least they shouldn't be, because we've seen now a couple of uh, very serious incidents, and, and we all heard the tape. The tape is is pretty damning on its own. So, um, regardless of the actual, uh, I guess the legal standing here, he's going to probably gain some value, and and I'm going to try to take advantage of that. Yeah, I echo all of Ryan's thoughts there. He may not be legal trouble, but there still could be. There could be more tapes out there. We don't know. Uh, so, I mean, even if not, he's going to get a 68-game suspension, I think. So while he's on the field, I'm sure he's going to be fantastic. But uh, I just don't want that headache on my team anymore. If I can sell him for, you know, close to what, maybe not that, that close to first-round startup, but if I can get, you know, second- or third-round startup value for him, I'm all about selling him now. As soon as he takes the practice field for the first time, people see him back, uh, that, that's when I'm getting out for sure. It really feels like most of the Dynasty community community is getting faked out here we're all getting sucked back in or there's the attempt to have us being sucked back in and and feeling like we're getting that wide receiver one back i'm with you guys i'm leery and that's to put it in a good sense let's move on to another guy we've all been leery about uh, for the past few years it's Devontae parker in miami i think the dynasty community as a whole rolled their eyes uh, in the last few days when we saw those reports that called Parker the best player in camp in Miami. Uh, I think I know your guys' answer, Matt. Breakout, finally. He's he's the best player in Miami, or, or is it a fake out? A lot of the same for Devontae Parker. I mean, he could be. He could be the best, at least the best wide receiver there, but it hasn't translated to the field, so who cares, right? I mean, I, I still have a little bit of confidence in Preston Williams being the ap- actual best receiver there, uh, but the depth chart is nothing to, to write home about, so he could easily end up the wide receiver one there, but who knows if it ends up being anything. Uh, and, you know, we, we've had Emmanuel Sanders that's the only, become a fifth-year breakout candidate. That's really the only one I can think about when he moved from Pittsburgh to Denver. So it, Parker's got a lot of odds to beat if it's going to happen, and I, I, I'm not confident in it. I guess that his price is so cheap now, Ryan. Why don't you tell us what his price is? But I don't know. If he's a throw-in in a trade, sure, but I'm not going to pay anything for him. Ryan, I somehow I ended up with him on a few teams. <laughs> And <laughs> big so surprise. I'm a little, I'm a little keeping my, those fingers crossed, feeling like maybe we'll get some kind of bo- selling window coming up. Am, am I going to have it, or is this it? This little bit. I, of news? I think this might be it. You, you better start <laughs> sending those offers. <laughs> this, this is the best it gets. How many wide receiver one games do you think Devontae Parker has produced in his four years in the league? So that's that's a top twelve weekly game. One. I remember he had one big game. He's had two. Two in four years. Oh. Okay. Two wide receiver one Maybe games. Maybe that was the one I had to put him in my lineup yeah, in one league. <laughs> you might have gotten lucky. Two wide receiver one games in four years. He has seven other games where he scored as a wide receiver two. So nine games in four years as a top 24 
uh, fantasy wide receiver. Only three of those games came in the past two years. Uh, so he, he showed us some promise early on, but you look at that, that Dolphins roster, and even if, if you tell me he is the Dolphins wide receiver one for the entire year, I still don't know that I'm investing much in him because this this is a team we should be avoiding. Every, everything, every move they make tells us they're looking towards the 2020 draft and uh, in the 2020 season at the earliest to really contend. Yeah, this is just this is just not a team uh, I want to invest in. So at, at his ADP, well outside of the top uh, the top 100, yeah maybe. And again, if if you have a shallow shallow rosters and he's on your uh, on your waiver wire, take a shot. But I'm I'm not trading for Parker. Maybe we're all discounting all these no look passes that Ryan Fitzgerald Fitzgerald Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to to throw yeah, his maybe. way. Or, or not his way. Maybe he's going to look at Devontae Parker and then throw it to Preston Williams. I think that's more like it. Maybe, maybe Devontae Parker needs to work on a no-look catch so he can actually hold on to the ball. Let's go to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He was a little more productive in his rookie season in Green Bay. Currently has an ADP of 136 overall, Ryan. Uh, just last week, Aaron Rodgers said MVS had... A fantastic spring. He's looking forward to working with him more in training training camp. (laughs) Is MVS a breakout as the Packers wide receiver two, or is it a fake out? You can only trust Devontae in Green Bay. Uh, This is another one I'm kind of sitting in in the middle ground on. I I think he certainly is the favorite to be the wide receiver two there, Uh, and I, I do like his current value according to our ADP. But you look at last year, he had he had that big stretch pretty early in the season uh, from weeks 5 to 10, 69 fantasy points. After that, the rest of the season, uh, only 26 fantasy points total from week 11 on. Uh, and then we, we saw the uh, Ty Dunn article this, uh, this offseason all about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And the, the one thing that really stuck with me out of that was that uh, Rogers did not like MVS, and and we've seen uh, we've seen players kind of get on Aaron Rodgers' bad side, and it, it does, doesn't usually end well. So I think he's he probably still will be the wide receiver too, but we also heard him say he wants to throw to Devonte Adams even more this year. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I I, I kind of think MVS, uh, Jamon Moore. The tight ends, they all I think they all kind of cancel each other out. Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. I, I think it's I think it's certainly possible, but there's just too many other guys that it could be. You know, they had him and Geronimo Allison had a nice connection in the first first five games or so of the season. Um, and and I, and I think he could be a, a great threat on the outside. You know, maybe they start using MVS more in the slot and that could work out. I don't know. Um, but it seems to me like there's just too many other options there. And you know, I, I really think that Devontae Adams is going to push that 200 target threshold this year. He had 100 and almost 170 or something last year. So if he's going to throw more to him and, and we still feel the same about this, this supporting cast, then uh, I, I want Devontae Parker. I don't really want any of those other guys. You want Devontae Parker? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Uh, that is the worst slip up. I'm that, fired. That needs to be in that the is lead the worst, for the episode. That is the worst slip up I've ever had. <laughs> and I've had a lot of bad ones. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Oh, I'm so glad we talked about Parker <laughs> right before Valdez scaling. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle when it comes to Valdez scantling as well. Uh, I've, I've, you know, it it seems to me that in Green Bay, there's always a couple of guys that come through, and maybe last year wasn't ne- that wasn't necessarily the case because we rotated through Allison and then to all those rookies that that played with Rodgers. All these guys have another year of experience. Now, granted, Allison is back, so we have to take that into account, and we have these n- new weapons as well. Uh, the tight ends are there. Jay Sternberger's there now. Uh, so as a dynasty community, we all have to try to figure out exactly what's going to happen in Green Bay. There's been multiple reports out of Green Bay saying Marquez Valdez-Scantling has looked good and uh, that the that the quarterback there, that Aaron Rodgers, is a big fan. So 
I don't think we can ignore it. It's certainly worth keeping in mind. I don't know if, if I'm necessarily going out to buy MVS right now. Uh, that ADP suggests he's relatively cheap at 136 overall. There are other guys there, of course. It seems to me like if anybody's going to play the slot there, they're either going to move Devontae in there for some snaps like they did with Jordy Nelson when he was the number one receiver in Green Bay, or they're going to let Equinemia St. Brown, who looked like the best slot receiver outside of Randall Cobb last year, patrol the middle. So there there are a bunch of questions that we need answered there. I think at the very least he's he's a guy to keep uh, keep an eye on and monitor as we go along. Let's move on to Chris Moore, Ravens. We've seen reports that called him a breakout candidate. It came from the Ravens owner. Uh, Matt, he's a breakout or is it a fake out? That sounds sounds about right for a Ravens receiver. <laughs> you know, I kind of liked Moore coming out, coming out of college, honestly, and he never really like materialized at that deep threat as he could be. I think the first, I might be wrong about this, but I think the first year he was there, then it was all about the Brashad Perriman uh, years. Maybe it was the year after Torrey Smith was there. So he was kind of this deep threat on a team that already had some, even if they were disappointing. Uh, so, and now they've got more of those. So it could be the same thing. You know, Miles Boykin probably going to be ahead of him and certainly Hollywood Brown when he's, when he's healthy. So, uh, but, but there is the point that Moore has been in the system for, I think this is fourth season now. So, uh, I think it's possible. I don't know if it's a breakout based on the volume that's going to happen in that offense, but certainly like you know more productive than he has been in the past. So if we're going to use that definition, then we can call him a breakout because I do think he could eclipse that pretty easily. I'm going to stick with fake out. Just just looking at the depth on this on this uh, pass catching roster with Brown and Boykin, Willie Sneed, uh, multiple tight ends that uh, that they want to get the ball to, and uh, we we saw Lamar Jackson do that last year. And bottom line, this is a team that they drafted a round one wide receiver, uh, one of the fastest and probably the fastest uh, player in the class, and and uh, a guy who was a major playmaker in college. And just the fact that he landed on the Ravens has fantasy players running away from him. Uh, he's he's fallen uh, to the second round of of many rookie drafts. So if if we're not even very confident in a guy like Brown, then then I can't I can't see why we should get excited about more. The only caveat to that is is that he is he's certainly free in in most leagues. So if you've got roster space, sure, but not not any real expectations from me. Yeah, I don't have much for expectations either, considering the quarterback and and you know the questions surrounding that offense and how much they're going to be able to have success throwing the football let's we only got one tight end to cover but he's a tight end that's been uh, on the minds of dynasty owners everywhere it's Darren Waller out there in Oakland he has an ADP in the 200s Ryan Ryan but currently the starter in Oakland ahead of Luke Wilson and Eric Swoop from Indianapolis Colts fame for a lot of dynasty owners who are collecting him on their rosters. Derek Carrier and rookie Foster Moreau is also on that roster. Good reports in AT- OTAs so far for Darren Waller. Ryan, is he a breakout? And he has a chance to repeat what Jared Cook did in 2018 when he caught 68 passes? Or a fake out, there isn't a useful tight end in Oakland. I think there's a really wide gap between the, the breakout <laughs> and the fakeout. I absolutely do not think he repeats Jared Cook's numbers at 68, almost 900 yards, six touchdowns. Maybe he could be useful. Uh, I, I'm. This is another team I'm, I'm – I'm, well, I don't want to say I'm avoiding. They've, they've got some interesting pieces that they've acquired this year, but still certainly leery about what that Oakland offense is going to look like. Uh, and and I think I think the Raiders might be too. I'm not sure they even want to stick with their quarterback. So I'm I'm kind of staying away from Darren Waller. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I kind of liked him when Baltimore drafted him a few years ago. This weird wide receiver, tight end, tweener guy. I think he's like six six two fifty something like that. So he didn't really fit at wide receiver. Um, but they tried to convert him for tight end. It didn't work out. And and it, for the Ravens mainly probably because they have like seventy four other tight ends on the roster. So I think it's possible. I I, I like him. 
probably better than those veterans on there. Maybe not so much as, as the rookie Foster Moreau. You know, it's probably going to be his job long term if, if, if he works out. Um, and like Ryan said, he's not going to approach Jerry Cook's numbers, guys. It's not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, he could be, he could be a back-end starter on, on a flex or a, like a bye week or injury risk kind of, kind of situation. So uh, if he's free, pick him up. But, yeah, don't expect too much. To finish the program, guys, let's talk a little bit more about these breakouts and fakeouts. We're going to pick one or two guys that we, we either talked about or maybe didn't even talk about that we think – We'll start is a with with the breakouts uh, followed by the fakeouts. I'm going to start with Geronimo Allison. I know I mentioned him before. I like the start in 2018. He had 19 catches for 289 yards and a couple impressive touchdowns in four weeks to start the season last year before his injury. Uh, tried to come back after the bye and it didn't really work out. Got hurt again and he was lost for the season. But it seems to me if there's uh, most likely guy to be that wide receiver two in Green Bay and, and get the the coverage of the number two corner by the defense and, and double teams going the other way with Devontae Adams. It's probably Geronimo, and that guy I want on my team, especially considering the cost. I, th- I think there's a good chance he puts up wide receiver three numbers in, in 2019, and, and considering the cost, again, at 130 overall. He's uh, he's awfully cheap. Ryan, who's your breakout for 2019? Yeah, I went with Damian Harris. Obviously a guy we've already talked about a little bit. But, again, just, just going back to what he did in college, I think people forget that he was, in his class, he was the number one running back recruit, uh, came to Alabama, earned a role immediately, kept Josh Jacobs off the field for uh, the majority of their time there, kept Najee Harris off the field, who was another one number one running back recruit in his own class. And and now we've seen these Sony Michelle knee injuries uh, hanging around. Michelle hasn't practiced since May 20th, I believe it is. So that even at this pretty early point in the offseason, that has to be a concern for the Patriots. Matt, who do you have for a breakout in 2019? I went with Kiki Cutie, and I know I was really excited about him last year. Uh, obviously health is the big the big issue with him. Uh, in his debut game, he actually broke the record for most receptions in a debut game with 11. Uh, he had uh, 11 catches, 109 yards on 15 targets. And uh, a nice little tidbit from Scott Barrett I heard on a podcast last week uh, was that including the postseason when he played five full games and had at least 45% of the snaps, he averaged 9.4 targets per game and 17.2 points per game. So I know it's uh, extrapolating that as a little bit of a, a fuzzy science or whatever, but uh, I'm really excited for Kiki and, and Cutie and, and 2019 I think he's going to be I think he could easily approach wide receiver three value for you uh, for your fantasy teams and maybe get up to that that uh, lower end wide receiver two range so uh, looking forward to him staying healthy in 2019 yeah that's a nice pick I, I saw that on the agenda and I I nodded my head like yeah that's a that's a good one especially considering that ADP let's go to the fake outs Matt who do you got there I went with Kenny Galladay and it's mostly just due to his price and the players that are going around after him and, and, and really the price for someone else on his own team. You know, Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver, 15, 33 overall. Uh, and he's going to see the, the number one defensive cornerback on the opposing team this year. I think without a shadow of a doubt, that's going to happen. So Marvin Jones, you can have him 65 picks later as wide receiver 47. Uh, obviously a diff- little bit difference in age there. I think uh, Galladay actually, though, is only about four years younger than Marvin Jones. So it's not like a significant amount, really. Um, and I think Jones has have similar production to Galladay. Uh, but just the guys that are going right after Galladay, uh, DJ Moore, I would rather have Robert Woods. I would probably rather have Nikhil Harris. I would definitely rather have, and I would probably even really rather have Cooper Cup after him. So uh, I just think the price is too high on that guy for what the production you're going to get in 2019. Ryan, who do you have for your fake out in 2019? I went with uh, Zach Ertz. So Ertz is currently kind of being lumped in with Travis Kelsey um, and uh, George Kittle as as that top three tight end and and. Uh, a, a tear apart from everybody else. And I just kind of think we're, we're relying too much on 2018. Uh, you look at, at last year's numbers. It was the, the first year in, in four seasons that he was able to play the full year without uh, dealing with any injuries. You just, 
look at these numbers. He set career highs by a wide margin. His, he had 116 catches. His previous high was uh, was 78. He had over 1,100 yards. Previous high was 853, and he matched his career high with eight touchdowns. So you look at that offense, and we talked about it earlier during the Carson Wentz discussion. They brought in uh, Deshaun Jackson. They brought in Arthago Whiteside. They brought in uh, new new running backs. Alshon Jeffrey missed time last year. Aguilar missed some time. Mike Wallace missed some time. It was all just, uh, it was perfectly set up for uh, Zach Ertz to be the go-to guy in that offense and to have that career year that he had. And now he's being drafted as the 29th overall player in our latest ADP. I still expect him to have uh, certainly a nice year, a tight end one year, probably even a top five tight end year. But I think he's going to lose some value and, and, all of that is is said, not even mentioning Dallas Goddard breathing down his neck. Right. Uh, all great points for sure. I had a tough, tough decision to pick out my fake out for 2019. I had a trio of running backs I wanted to choose. Uh, Darius Geis was an obvious choice for me. Uh, he had a ADP of, of 36 last month. It's already down to 48 this month with, with all the recent news of the injuries and all the surgeries and, and his lack of availability. So I'm not going to go that direction. I really wanted to go Daryl Henderson because I, I, I do think that's ridiculous how he's, his ADP has spiked so much already to RB 26, which I don't hate actually. And 68 overall, I, I certainly don't like him being drafted in the top six rookies and rookie drafts. I'm going to settle in on Damian Williams, though, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Running back 20, 43 overall. I just can't wrap my head around uh, investing that in a startup just now. Uh, it's, it's just too much for me. Again, if, you, if you're a true contender and, and you think you're going to win a title, he's nice to have on your roster. Otherwise, he is a sell for me. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We will catch you again next week.